This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, what is going on? It's Haley here. This is episode 143 of Kindled. We are in season four of the show, which is honestly just hard for me to believe, even believe it's possible. But uh, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to have a new focus and vision for what the show is going to be. And I'm going to share a little bit of that with you before I get into today's conversation. But before we go there, I do want to let you know if you would rather watch this interview than listen to it, you can go to the episode description and click the link and go watch it on YouTube. I don't have these announcements over on the YouTube channel, but I do have my main interview with Gabriel. So if you'd rather watch the interaction on video, you can click the link in the episode description. Go do that. Um, But hang tight here for these announcements before you leave. I think I shared last week that the new direction of the show is a continuation of last, uh, the last season which was addressing um, cultural and theological, political, social issues from a biblical worldview and equipping and encouraging you in your faith by doing that. And so we looked at Christianity and culture and kind of the intersection of, uh, of those two things last fall in regards to a number of topics. And this season, I wanted to have a little more freedom and flexibility to cover topics as they arose after I saw how volatile and crazy the world could get last year. I I wanted this year to be able to kind of address things as they come up on a little bit more of a whim. So we we don't have an overarching theme. We're just going to be covering a variety of topics from a biblical worldview and comparing and contrasting that worldview with the secular or non-Christian lens that, uh, that we are obviously living in and seeing worked out all around us. And so that's what we're going to continue to do this season. Today, I have a guest, Gabriel Finocchio, on, and I want to let you know up front that we have a few doctrinal differences. Gabriel is a charismatic and I'm reformed, but we we do serve and worship the same God. We have a lot in common as conservative Christians who value many of the same things that society and culture is at war against. Namely, today, the sanctity of human life. The only reason I'm sharing that we have some differences is because since this is a new season of Kindled, I want to let you know that I do plan to bring on some people to discuss various topics with who I may not agree with on every issue. Some who may not even be Christians to speak to specific cultural phenomena that we see. And that's not Gabriel. He is a believer. But uh, I just want to let you know that that may be happening this season. And there's a couple reasons that I believe this is valuable for us. One, we need to be able to give an answer for the hope that we have within us. This is a mandate from 1 Peter 3.15, which says, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. 
Two, we need to be able to have respectful dialogue with those that we disagree with, rather than demonizing them and isolating ourselves in an echo chamber of people who agree with everything we say and think. That is, in fact, exactly what is wrong with our society today, and that is what big tech giants want, to silence the opposition and any dissenting idea or margin idea, rather than letting all the ideas come to the table and give people the freedom to choose for themselves. So what I will seek to do here always is to represent and present to you a biblical worldview that is founded on biblical truths and orthodox Christian faith. So that if and when I do have a non-Christian guest on this show, I will make that clear that they may not be coming from that worldview. But I believe you will still be able to benefit from that conversation by not only understanding perhaps a secular worldview, but also seeing sometimes some shared um, common values that actually uh, will help you in having conversations out in the real world. So today is not that day. I just want to let you know that to expect that in the in the future and be listening with discernment and awareness that while you may not agree with everything a guest says, these conversations can better equip you to know what you believe, why you believe it, and be able to defend it and then share it with confidence. The last thing I'll say before I let you listen to today's conversation is to uh, please head over to the Apple Podcasts app and leave a rating and review for Kindled. If you have been a listener for a long time, or if this is maybe your first episode, if you enjoy it, if you like the show, that is an easy and free way for you to really support what I'm doing here and help other people find it. The algorithm loves when people leave reviews. So that gives us a boost. Um, If you have not left one, go do that during the show. Just takes a couple minutes and you can leave a five-star review and then leave a, a few comments or words. Okay, guys, that is all that I have. All right. Let's get into the conversation. Here's my chat with Gabriel Finocchio. And that as well. So let's do it. I love it, Haley. Let's go. All right, cool. Um, All right. So today I am chatting with Gabriel Finocchio. Gabriel, thank you so much for joining me today on Kindled. Thanks for having me, Haley. So why don't you uh, tell the audience who you are and what you do before we get started? Yeah, so... um... I am a Bible teacher. I, uh, my brother and I started an organization called Theos U about a year and a half ago. And uh, we were both working at respective local churches. And I was in Pennsylvania, uh, where I still am. And um, Nathan was in New York City. And uh, we had been teaching evening, what we call evening college, uh, which is just, you know, Bible school school for baby boomers. No, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, it was, it was Bible school, you know, evening Bible school on a Monday and a Tuesday night um, that we would take people through the book of Romans or mm-hmm. Hebrews or basic doctrine or book, you know, just a general Bible survey. And uh, we'd been doing that for, you know, as I said, a, a number of years. And we both sensed a, a transition in our lives, just a switch. Nathan moved out to LA and, um, and stepped off staff. And I was feeling a transition myself and we just put our, our brains together. And we were like, you know, what if we put all of our stuff online? Nobody's doing this right now. Nobody's making like we, our heart was always to make biblical theology literate or not literate accessible Mm -hmm. to, we found that people were biblically illiterate 
and 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 this is the clincher doctrinally illiterate mm-hmm. because it's one thing to know your your bible it's another thing to know what the bible means yes right yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of my pastor says that all the time love come that. on i love your pastor yeah you know satan quoted scripture to jesus when he was tempting him yeah you know it, it's the whole point of heresy is that it twists the truth and yeah. so people need to know the truth uh not just the twisted truth but the actual untwisted truth so that it, it can set them free and so 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 we, we our heart has always been to bring more access to orthodox historic biblical uh theology mm-hmm. into uh mainstream and so we just put it online we put all our stuff online started this organization called theosu uh, you can find it at theosu.ca. We have an app in the app store and, uh, and people have just responded and mm-hmm. it's really done really well. And there's my cat. Oh, wow. And I was like, is there an octopus behind you? I see a she, tail. And- <laughs> exactly. She, she is, her name is girl and she is, oh. she, she can't like her curiosity can't, cannot she can't be. It. Yeah. Yeah. She can't, she can't help it. So if you're not seeing the video, there's a cat yeah, behind there you. Anyways. A cat, yeah there's a cat walking all around this video. So anyway, um, all that to say, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do now full time. Um, I just make content for that. I make yeah. videos and, and I film, um, hot topics. We, mm-hmm. we talk, we actually go everywhere we can. We, we don't just deal with, um, oops, we don't just deal with, uh, biblical themes in terms of, um, you know, sticking with, with like an expositional yeah. biblical, uh, uh, format. We also apply scripture and, uh, to, and, and biblical theology to the cultural moment. Yes. We take, mm-hmm. we talk, we go there. We talk, right. uh, definitively about homosexuality, about yeah. LGBTQ issues, mm-hmm. about critical race theory, mm-hmm. about woke theology, about things that people are trying to grapple with in today's society, divorce and remarriage, mm-hmm. you know, things, things that are sticky and, and difficult and you're going to get your hands dirty. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not comfortable. The conversation right. isn't always comfortable, but it has to be had. We have to talk about the truth. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, um, that, I, I resonate with all of that. Um, as I was telling you before we started recording that, that that's kind of the same space that I like to go is the conversations that are difficult and maybe that Christians historically, or even today have sort of avoided because they are the uncomfortable and hard conversations, like all of the culture, all the places that culture says we have the answer is where we as believers need to step towards that. And instead of being like, Oh no, we're, we don't really like that, but we're going to sit in our pews and just pray that God changes your heart. You know, no, we need to actually step into that conversation and, and, and have, uh, you know, a meaningful dialogue yes. around what is true because um, people have written Christians off like long ago, America, I yes. mean, we know it was founded on biblical principles, but it has departed so much. And I think so much of that is due to the fact that Christians segregated themselves away from the culture and we stopped being salt and light. And, and I, I just, I think that's unfortunate and I'm, but I'm also very glad now to see that there are people who are stepping towards the darkness with the light rather than just like being like, no, don't, don't come near us. Don't touch us. We're over here. You know? 
Yeah, I completely agree. It reminds me, I actually have this quote on hand and I wasn't prepared for this, obviously. You didn't send me these questions or, or topics pre, uh, before, but I have this quote here by a guy named Christopher Dawson, who is a Catholic historian, one of the greatest Catholic historians of the last hundred years. And um, he loved Jesus and he was, you know, I would consider him to be a born again believer, but he said, if the state has become too totalitarian, it's because the average Christian hasn't been totalitarian enough. He's acquiesced in the secularization of life. He's allowed his own aims to be divided and his religion to become a sectarian affair, cut off from his real interests and in life. Wow. Like that, you know, that is that is exactly what has happened. We have seeded. Yeah all of this territory to the enemy. We have said, yeah, you can, yeah, our religion is our private thing that we do on Sundays and we, and, and it, it's inapplicable to all the real interests and applications of life. And, you know, you, the enemy can have everything, every other sphere, all the things that, that, you know, the enemy can take over the arts, the enemy can take over the, the, the uh, universities, the enemy can have everything. And we'll just, be, be, be happy with our, you know, mm -hmm. um, 5,000 person mega churches, you know, we'll just are... develop a Christian contemporary Christian music industry. And we'll, <laughs> that. yeah, we'll, we'll develop our subculture. Yes. Instead of, instead of developing counter culture, yeah. we we've, we've, we've created this subterfuge, yes. um, thinking that it's, it's adequate. And the, the truth is, is that, you know, it's 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 actually moved us into appeasement where the crocodile where we're just we're we're tell we're saying we're hoping that the crocodile eats us last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Wow. So anyway, yeah. I, I, I'm totally in agreement with this. I think Allie uh Stuckey. Yeah. Uh I don't know if you're a fan of her. Big fan, big fan. Okay. Yes. Yeah, she she actually I would recommend reading a series of tweets that she had about this. Uh, I think a few weeks ago and she was just talking. I can't remember what date she wrote them on, but it was just, uh, it was an amazing series of tweets where she was saying this same thing. Mm -hmm. We have conceded. Yes. Um, and, and we should never I, I have actually, conceded. I did see that. And, and she was like, this is like kind of everything that's happening is a result of Christians seeding culture to the world. And we have, we have given ground at the university level. We have given ground here. We have given ground here. And, yeah. and, and I, I even heard her talk about that on an episode recently, um, probably around the same time. And it was, yeah, it was exactly right. It's, it, it's totally true. And it's, can it should be convicting to all of us and also should prompt us to change. Like, okay, so take some action, like stop, why are we so afraid if we, why are the people with the, the knowledge that they have the truth about the universe from the guy that created it from the God mm -hmm. who made it? Mm -hmm. Why, why are those with absolute truth and, and the, the, the app, the confidence that they know what it is the most afraid and, and standoffish and, and squeamish about like, about talking about it. Why are we, and I don't even mean in an evangelistic way. I just mean, why are we always the first to bow out of any difficult conversation to be like, well, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. Like, why does everyone want to pretend like they don't know? You know, because we want to pretend like we don't have the answer to the the questions that people are asking about. Are there more than two genders or are, you know, 
is this a natural form of sexuality or whatever it may be, you know? Mm, and so I yeah. so many places that, um, that we have, we have done that. And I, I think we're seeing the results of that. And we're also seeing why God told us to be salt and light because the world desperately needs the influence of his children and believers on it. It, it needs it, you know, to even continue existing. I mean, obviously God is the one upholding it, but to continue for, to keep it from, you know, de- devouring its own young, which is what you and I are going to talk about. Like we are essential. We're critical. Yes, I completely agree. Um, and you know, it's what we're seeing is in my opinion, the, the formation of a new religion in secularism yeah. In, in, in essentially in humanism, uh, secular humanism, um, we're, we're seeing this, this new kind of, you know, idea um, emerge like formally and officially that's always been latent, I think, in modernism. But it's like this, this you know, you can see it in communism where it's like people worship the state, people worship mm-hmm. the government, yeah. people worship, you know, Chesterton famously said, Wherever people don't worship God, they'll worship the next p- most powerful thing in the world. Mm-hmm. They'll worship the world. And, and in worshiping the world, they'll worship the most powerful thing in the world. Yeah. And the most powerful thing in the world is government. Yeah. <laughs> and so that you see how people look to the government yeah. to in turn the government into God, thinking that it gives them everything mm-hmm. and, and can, it, it can give them all the food they want. And all of the protection they need and all, you know, the total and complete security and sufficiency in all things. And that's what communism offers. That's what these these economic forms of of secularism and humanism offer. Yeah. And it's a new religion. It's essentially and it's and and so it's it's people. and, and, And that is what. So my thing is this, like I really on a political level. I really believe that we're not seeing the we're not seeing a a, a classic battle between right and left ideas. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is the emergence of a new axis. And so what we call the left is actually a totally different vertical line with mm-hmm. its own right and left on it. Yeah, you're you're right, that's true. And, and so it's like the old left the old left were guys who were, you know, maybe like they, they would agree that there is a God. They would agree yeah. with the with the old with the Christian civilization. They would agree that, you know, that our heritage was Christian. We are culturally Christian and that that even though, you know, they they may have been even personal atheists, they would have said, yeah, we need Christianity. Yeah, we you know, this is and, and maybe we disagree on on certain issues. That's, mm-hmm. that's like the old liberal left, but mm-hmm. this is not a new, this is not the old liberal left. This isn't your, your grandma's, you know, leftist politics. This right. is a new leftism in that yes. sense. Yes. And it is a, it is, it is essentially the formation of a new militant, mm-hmm. arrogant atheism and, and belief that there is some divine quality yeah. about the, about human government and um and I, yeah we can solve I, we can solve the issue here yeah and i mean man 
I didn't have you on to talk about this. Now I'm like, well, I have more things to say to you. And I think I, I think you're tapping into something that actually would help people if they could understand it. And it would help Christians who I know a lot of believers, a lot of friends of mine, even myself have had trouble reconciling the fact with the, the fact that our, our family or our friends have, have voted for what we see as the new left and, and this new axis of evil that it really is. Um, and, and, but it's, but it's cloaked in old democracy, old democratic values. It's cloaked in that it's Always. sold as that. Yeah. And yeah. yet we know it's not that we see it for what it is. We're like, look, I know that you are a moderate to, you know, that friend or that family member. I know that you are maybe leaning liberal, but you are not. I, I know that you are not what they are, but you don't see the difference. You just see them as like, well, this is the the option on the left. And I don't agree with the right on these issues or I don't like Donald Trump. So I'm voting this way. And you're like, okay, like I'm, I, I have to preach to myself the reality that I know you are not that, and you don't even necessarily want that, but you don't see the difference. You have not seen, you've not been able to discern that there really is a fundamental difference there. And if people could understand that on both sides, like, we would be in a much better spot <laughs> as a nation. I don't think we'd be as divided as we are because we would, we would unite together against that, you know, whatever that is. I agree. I agree because I, I do think that there's so many people being deceived um, yeah. and, and they're being bribed really. They're being, they're being, you know, um, they're being manipulated by yeah yeah this this idea of no it's just politics as usual you know no it's not anything new we just don't want we don't you know we don't we don't want far right extremists but those far right extremists are actually in in, in, it compared to the old right extremists Mm -hmm. modernists (laughs) are are moderates Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> they're moderates like we the, the 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 axis has moved so far right that the old is moderate compared to what it used to be right and so it's we've moved we've actually moved so like that's part and i'll say this Haley, like part partly why i think even conservatism needs a rebrand is because conservatism has conceded as we've talked about in, uh, earlier that conservatism, in my opinion, has just been progressivism with a seatbelt or with, with sorry, conservatism has been progressivism going the speed limit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's like we have, we have slowly, like mm-hmm. it, it used to be, it used to be that, no, we were against gay marriage. Now, gay marriage is a part of the the, the platform yeah, as, yeah. as, as we've, a conservative. We've we, abandoned that fight altogether. We don't, yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that anymore. We've totally yeah. we've totally conceded that. Lost that it's one, not, right, right? Yeah, we well, it's like lost it, but also now can now it's a part of our agenda. Like, no, we're keeping yeah. that. Yeah, we're totally keeping mm-hmm. that. So it's like we lose, and then we just we 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 embrace the loss instead mm-hmm. of saying no. We're actually. Are for us, this is beyond just this is beyond just like left right issues. This is a new this is this is a new way of living, and we should call it what it is that we're moving into. This is a society that is totally godless that Mm -hmm. people are that that very few people actually want. Um, but we have to identify it and we have to really, you know, as you said, just call it out and, and recognize it. Because yeah, people are being, people are definitely being deceived on this. Yeah. 
And I feel like a lot of conservatives just, uh, it's like you said, the, the moderates have moved, or I'm sorry, the extremists on the right have moved so far towards the middle that now we're moderates. And we're just like, we're just grasping at straws to, to cling to any semblance of morality or a standard that is reminiscent of the past. And so we, we have given ground and I, I mean, collectively we have given ground on the, the gay marriage issue or, you know, and, and it seems like, okay, that's been lost. So, and now let's just, let's, let's create a, a movement that is big enough to defeat the enemy, the bad guy. And so we have turned towards populism, which is just kind of trying to get people all on board around these. Let's just, okay, sure. We can agree on gay marriage. Okay. But can we not agree on socialism? You know, so it's like, we've, we've tried to take over, we, we've tried to grow the movement by giving ground. Um, would you agree with that idea? Yeah, and it, it it moves into abortion as well, you know. And yes. I, I wrote I wrote about this a few days ago. Uh, I wrote a little essay on my Instagram, which is the only place I really write. Um, and you know, I, I I just said this is why these are I'm again I'm giving you five reasons why I'm not pro life, mm-hmm. and and I tried to make it as clear as possible. But I've I because of this, Haley, I, you know what's happened is we have, we've, we've become, you know, we, we've tried to make the, the, the abortion issue, you know, into this, into this, oh no, we want everybody to feel included so that we can just kind of, you know, like, you know, include everyone and make the movement so much, so much broader. And, and it's, that's a progressive way of looking at it. Instead of saying, no, what's our actual goal here? Is our goal to, you know, like as, as good as all these things are, is our, is our goal to talk about um, capital punishment mm-hmm. or euthanasia or, um, you know, people are talking about euthanasia. I want to talk about the youth in Canada, in America. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Okay. <laughs> I, got I, I got it. <laughs> it was a dad jokes. I, I had to do the dad joke. I, love I couldn't it. resist. So here's the thing, you know, people are, are trying to include even like, you know, um, crisis pregnancy centers. Like I'm all for crisis pregnancy centers. Let's start them. Let's give therapy to offer therapy to, to mm. women who have had abortions. Let's re let's, let's do all of these things. That's fine. But the movement has become what's called pro-life and it's merged now into whole life and saying, and now our arguments have been turned back on us and people are like, you know, you, you say you're pro-life, but you're for the death penalty. You say you're pro-life, but you're allowed, you're going to march with COVID-19 when people can die. Like this is the pro-life march. Okay. So this is, this infuriates me. The pro-life march, which I march in every single year in Washington, DC, which is supposed to be going on in, in three days has been canceled. They canceled the pro-life march, the largest pro-life march in America. Um, we're talking about we're talking about like a hundred thousand people and plus marching in the streets, tens of thousands of people marching in the streets every year, declaring and protesting against abortion. They canceled that this year because because they wanted to. Pre- they wanted they they were thinking about the the safety of the protesters from mm, COVID nineteen. 
and the safety of the police officers. And I'm thinking to myself, Black Lives Matter literally does yeah. whatever they want. Protests, like if you're a if you're a if you're on the left, you can protest anything, anywhere, anytime. Nobody gets in no your way. Asked. Yeah. But if you but 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 we look at the the you know because we're whole life, we yeah. consider the safety. I don't consider my safety when I'm protesting abortion. I'm giving my life for that issue. I'm yeah. I'm not considering anything. I'm I'm saying when I stand up for abortion, I'm saying that's the whole point of a protest. The whole point is that you throw yourself into this, that it's, 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 you look at it as your moral duty. You look at it as it's not, you're not looking for a thing that's politically opportune. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, this fits here. So we're going to do it. No, you do it because it's right. Regardless of you're protesting. It's like, it's like come rain or shine. This is what I'm doing. I'm standing here. I'm, I'm walking through this. And it's just we've become so afraid of, uh, like you said, the argument that's been um, hijacked and and now turned against us. And and we're not recognizing that and going, um, no, I'm sorry, you don't get to steal the language, redefine it and then, you know, light it on fire and throw it at me. I reject that. (laughs) I'm not going to that's not going to hold any power over me because it's a completely empty Um, argument when you look at it uh, to be honest the whole you know pro all life we're pro all life as though you can somehow be pro all life and still be for abortion because it's by definition murder so you know it's just it's just it's irrelevant it's 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 what's happened Haley is that it's all it's done is slow the movement down all it's done is bloat the movement Mm -hmm. so that the movement is is essentially immobile is yeah. that we, we're moving move. in all these different directions. And so we're not really moving in any direction. Right. That's the problem. So what Take I want to do, I want to move in. A, I want to get a lean, mean, you know, abortion wrecking machine. Yeah. I, I want to, I want to, so I've, I have, I now call myself anti-abortion. When people are like, you're supposed to be pro-life. I say, nope, I'm anti-abortion. Mm. I'm anti this idea that we should murder Innocent preborn children in the womb. I am anti that. Whatever can stop that, I'm. I, I. That's what I'm interested in. You know, William Wilberforce wasn't. You know, oh yeah, like you know, he he was he was anti slavery, but he wasn't like oh yeah, and let's make sure everybody gets jobs afterwards. Yeah, you know, like exactly, once we, exactly. Once we free them, yeah. And I'm also I'm you know I'm pro job. That's really why I'm right. anti slavery. You know, it's like it's like no, he he had an anti slavery. He he was an he was called an abolitionist. Yeah. That's a negative term yeah. because it was it was trying to root out an, a bad idea. It was against. It's like we don't. I want to be known what, for what I'm for, not for what I'm against. No, I want to be known what, for what I'm against. I'm against slavery, and I'm against in this context. I'm against murdering babies. Yeah. Well, and to your point, like I, that is a, a criticism I have heard people level at the idea of being anti-abortion. Is well, I want to be known for what I'm for. Um, however. When you, when you are known for and it, I, I think that's, we're oversimplifying it as though the only thing you're going to say all, every day of your life is I'm anti, I'm anti-abortion, I'm anti-abortion. Like there's a lot more to the conversation than that. However, when you are clear about what you're against, that contains within it an inerrant positive about what you're for. 
Because right. if you are anti the thing that is ending a life, well, why would you be that other than that you value the life? You know, why would exactly. you, it, it contains within it. Whereas just saying we're pro-life isn't clear about being explicitly anti-abortion in any way. It's just, yeah. it's like saying that we, we like life, we like life. And, and then, well, what about the life of the mother? You know, that's always the first thing. Well, I guess you only like one life. Well, you're valuing the baby more than the mother. So you really don't value, you're not pro-life. Exactly. You're just exactly. pro-fetus. You're just pro-unborn yeah. baby, but you, you're not pro You're pro-birth. You're pro-birth. Pro right. You know, it's like, no, it's, it's, it's so dumb. These, 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 these issues, again, like, and, and there are people, that's the, the other sad thing, is that now to be pro-life, it's moved into this anti-capital punishment movement. I'm not anti-capital punishment. I'm pro-capital punishment. Right. right. I am pro-capital punishment for capital crimes. That is biblical. That is theological. That is historic. Mm-hmm. The church... I mean, I'm sorry, and Pope Francis can't change. He can't even change the dogma of his own church. He can make his own statements, and he's he's apparently he's made a statement about capital punishment and tried to change the catechism or something like that. And you know, Catholic friends of mine tell me this, but it's like, no, the 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 church is historically against, uh, or the church is historically. Uh, 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 pro capital punishment for capital crimes. It recognizes that even in the Bible, Genesis chapter nine, God says to, to, to Noah makes a positive law and says, any man who sheds man's blood, his blood shall also be shed by man for man was made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. So the whole point is that life is so sacred that if you shed it, if you kill it, you are you have to give your own in that sense that in order to expiate your, your sin, your, your debt, you have, in order to make satisfaction for the crime that you've committed, your own is required. And I, I'm not saying that we need capital punishment for, you know, manslaughter and things like that. But I am, I am saying it's now I have to agree with, I have to agree that capital punishment is bad because I'm pro-life. It's just, it's, it's, it's again, you're just adding you're, you're you're what you're doing is you're weakening the morale in the movement. Yeah. Well, and anyone there- I it's it's also just intellectually dishonest. I feel like it is it is uh, on it, from my perspective, it is a pathetic attempt to try and turn our intent and our, our focus, you know, inside out and upside down and cut the legs out from under us. And only I, I think only someone who does not have the um the capacity to see through the deception and and who doesn't have their eyes open would be like, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I can't be against capital punishment because that would be me not valuing life and that's inconsistent as a pro-lifer. I need to be a for life. As exactly. though the reason we wouldn't do capital punishment is because a life was taken. You know, it's like, right. it just is, it, it's mind-blowing almost how idiotic it is actually when you start to break it down. But these arguments are having sway over a culture that has no moral framework and and no definition of absolute truth. And, and they're compelling. These arguments are compelling to people. I have friends. I have people that were at my old church who believe that this pro all life, you know, um, (laughs) description is actually like a good thing. They're like, yeah, you know, that's it. There it is. That's what we were missing. That's the missing key to Mm. connecting how we as Christians can now, 
um, vote Democrat, which maybe we've always done, but we were sort of secretively like kind of like shameful about it. We didn't think there was a justification, you know, and now there's this justification because, oh, that's why it's pro all life. Like Mm. that's what I was missing, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Republicans, Republicans only think about babies. You know, they don't think about anything after that. All they care about, you know, it's, it's, but, but really let's render, let's render that logically and literally Republicans only care about murdering innocent babies. They don't care about (laughs) if those babies have any food after they're born. I'm like, right. Because, because that's a a moral equivalence, right? I, I have, (laughs) that's a zero sum game, right? Right. You know, or or that's, that's, you know, I just want people to be born. I don't want them to be fed. I just want them to be born. I want babies everywhere starving. That's what I want. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the whole, I, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, I no, you're right. I don't want people to be murdered. You know, right. it's like, like, I, I, <laughs> I, it's like, it's like, I see a person on the street who's homeless and being attacked and stabbed with a knife. And I go and try to defend that person. Therefore I'm obligated to take care of that homeless person for the rest of my life. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm you, not. Ob- you adopted him the second you tried to save him. The life. second I tried to save his life. Police officers should be, <laughs> police officers should do, should be, you know, the, they should have, you know, this, this huge collection of people that follow them around in their home they, that they've all, that they've naturally adopted. Sense. It's yeah. ridiculous. It is the yeah. stupidest thing. It's irrational. Right. But yeah, you're right. People have, people have somehow in their brains made a moral equivalence i'll I'll be honest with you Haley. um i've been honest with you so so far so i'm just going to keep keep the policy so you're not like you know now i'll be honest now i'll be honest with you yeah i I actually i shouldn't say that anymore but it's the the uh to be frank how about that um i knew what you meant i'm not a literalist like those who are you know who we've just been describing (laughs) exactly (laughs) To, to be quite candid, the issue that I think um, is, is the, the, the problem I think with all of this stuff is um, I think it boils down to church leadership. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think the problem in America is in the pulpit. Yes. I, I'm actually a massive uh, fan of Leonard Ravenhill. I think that his works need to be read and reread. And uh, he, he, he's a man, he's, he was a prophet in his day. And he, he famously said, the reason why we have so many pygmies in our pews is because we have so many puppets in our pulpits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, and, and it's true. Yeah. We, we our pulp, the, I, I believe this. I'm not trying to pick on pastors because I'm just being a meanie. I'm trying to say that when I walk into a house and the children are jumping all over the place and, and, and torturing the cat and, and, you know, eating, you know, garbage that's horrible for them. That's going to give them colon cancer later in life. And they're, they're, you know, swinging from the rafters or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't look at, I don't, I don't look at the children. I look at the parents. Right. I say, where are the people who are responsible for this home? 
Where are they? Why aren't they disciplining their their home and bringing order into their chaos as responsible adults? The Bible clearly puts an onus and a responsibility upon the men who lead the church. Mm -hmm. Peter calls them shepherds. He calls them overseers. Paul uses that Greek word episkopos, the over the the person who the episkopos, the person who sees over. Mm-hmm. They are the bishop, the 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 pastor of the church is responsible for the 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 the. the he's responsible for two main things. He's responsible to uh, feed the flock and to guard the flock. Right. To feed the flock is to teach the flock and to to actually instruct the flock which is where we get the word catechesis from in that's a greek word for instruction when you are catechized you are instructed on the faith you are given the the, you are given the basic elements of what it means to be a christian to what it means to be to believe uh in the faith what it means to become a christian in the faith what becomes to belong in the faith these things you know, uh, are, are so foundational, but we don't even do them anymore in our churches. We're not feeding people properly. We're not defining our, our basic doctrine for people so that they have an understanding of moral theology. Like how many people, Haley, how many people could tell you what the 10 commandments are? I mean, how many, many. like, 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 like just, Hey, off the top of your head, what are the 10 commandments and in, in, in order, what are they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a basic catechetical idea. Like if you go through a basic catechesis, a basic, this is a new believers class, you know, and, and, and a basic instruction in the Christian faith, you should be able to go through the, the, the 12 articles of the Nicene creed, that, that base, that fe- ground sound doctrine, ground a person in the word, ground a person in what the Bible means, what, why it's infallible, why it's inerrant, why we believe these things about scripture, what the gospel is. People, some people don't even know what the gospel is and they've been going to church for 20 years. Well, and I, I mean, I am testament to that because until I was in an adult, I, I mean, I learned about, I was raised in a Christian home, learned about Jesus since the day I was born, but I don't think I had the term, the gospel, And I remember the first time I heard that explained to me in church, I was like, oh, that's so that's that brings into summation everything I was ever taught, but in in a way that identifies what the point of it was, you know, and it was like sort of a light bulb moment, like, well, why didn't anyone just put it that way? So simply, why was I here's here's who Jesus was, here's who God was, here's the Holy Spirit, like uh, not that those things are irrelevant, but I didn't have a context. And so the way that I learned about them was different and, and very much more on a legalistic way because I, I didn't have the context of the gospel, the good news, like what, what God did to rescue us, you know, and, and who Jesus, how Jesus was the the plan for salvation, you know? And so right. I think I, but I mean, even growing up in a church, my entire life being a believer, as long as I can remember, I, I would say, uh, you know, was, um, you know, kind of tragically, uh, deficient in that understanding of such basic concepts, you know, it's like, that's the, I mean, that is so normal. Like it's, you're not, you you are not a, a, an aberration in that experience. 
that that is a un, unfortunately right. normal thing for people to not be instructed on basic issues. I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking again about uh, s- systematic theology. Mm-hmm. Systematic theology. That's that's like that's like that's like next level theology. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the basics. Yes. What do you? What is the gospel? What do we believe about the Bible? What do we believe about the 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 the, the basic fundamental creed of the church, the Nicene Creed, that has been the test of Christian orthodoxy, separating Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses from Christians. You know, it's like, this is the fundamental of their faith. What are the Ten Commandments and what are the moral implications of them? Mm-hmm. What does it mean? What is the Lord's Prayer? What does it mean to pray mm-hmm. and to be devoted to the Lord in prayer and in, devo- in, 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 in that way every day? These are fundamental groundings of faith, hope, and love. That is, that, those are the virtues that, are, that, that as we grow in those areas, we grow in faith, hope, and love. Which, which is our direct relationship to the Lord. And in that sense, grow in our maturity, Christian maturity. Yeah. It's like people don't, and, and here's the thing, Haley, if people don't know, because what we're talking about more so right now is moral issues, you know, dealing with abortion and dealing with, with um, these other issues in our culture. But if people don't even know the 10 commandments, that means that they don't even know what to obey. Yeah. And so if you're what you're telling me you're trying to order your life in obedience to God, but you don't even know where to start. So Lord, true. where do I even begin to obey? So, mm-hmm. so people, you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's this confusion, which is the enemy. It's this, it's this, this intellectual anarchy that breeds this, this confusion over us that we, we, it dulls our minds, dulls our senses. And then we begin to accept these things slowly Mm -hmm. because it's like this fog, this moral fog moves in and and it, as a mist, it just, it covers everything so that we can't see properly and, and walk straight in the world and be salt and light. It's darkness. It is darkness. And so I just believe that the onus is on pastors to properly disciple their people. And our discipleship has to be, uh, has to work from the ground up. It can't be, it can't be, you know, like, well, this is my thing. You know, I'm my, as a pastor, I really like this topic here. So this is kind of what I'm known mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's, that's not how the church was built. It wasn't, it wasn't a special interest club and it right. wasn't, and pastors shouldn't be preaching sermons that are, that are like all Here's my theme. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm the social justice warrior church. Yeah. 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 This is this, you know, at this church, we're really just about, you know, um, you know, running our cafe that we created in the city, you know? (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) But you're getting a little too close to home here because people are getting uncomfortable. They don't like it. They don't like that. Talking about cafes. They like their cafe. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like a church, a church is like, yeah, this is what we're really about. You know, it's like, we're about this. Yeah. It's yeah. It's we're the church that is known for this particular special interest. Right. And it's just like, yeah, it's, that is just showing me you really don't know what you're about. Right. You're you just grasping brand. for things that work. What's right. that? 
it's they've become a brand you know i mean they're they're differentiating themselves the way a brand like adidas would differentiate itself from nike you know well we're about soccer and you know running clothes and if you like this you'll love our church right instead of instead of saying no no no, we are the church we are the church that jesus founded in the sense of we are part of the church that jesus founded Mm -hmm. with the same doctrine consistent for the last two thousand years we we are we have the thread of cons- of theological and doctrinal biblical consistency that right. that that if a church father came to our church he would say yeah this is a christian church mm-hmm. they these people believe in the trinity these people believe in the divinity of christ these people believe in hell these people believe in heaven these people believe in salvation in in repentance from mm-hmm. from dead works these people believe in in basics, they also live a moral life. They live and 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 they live in accordance with the Ten Commandments, and and they they have a prayer life where they pray properly in devotion to the Lord. It's like that's these elements. So all I'm saying is, it's not rocket science, in my opinion. Right. I don't think a pastor needs a PhD in order to understand the basics no, and to help right. and to help his people understand the basics. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying this. Unless we begin to concentrate on these issues of basic Christian, what, what mere Christianity is, as C.S. Lewis famously wrote about, unless we begin to understand mere Christianity, we will end up with no Christianity. Because what's happening is, you know, is, is an invasion. There is an infiltration within the church of, of like literally a hundred different heresies. Right. At the same time. And to go back to your analogy of the house, you know, uh, you've got a house with the kids flying through the rafters and eating the (laughs) garbage and lighting things on fire. (laughs) And you've got the, you've got, okay, where's the parents? Oh, there's the parents. They're saying, you know, um, Hey guys, you know, I had you, so you could, uh, you could, you could glorify me or, or I had you, so you could obey, but they're providing no oversight or no instruction. Like you said, of how that looks, how does it look? And then what you've got is the, somebody left the front door open, the neighbor kids came in and they're now indoctrinating the children saying, Hey, I know how you can do what your parents want. I know how you can glorify your parents. I know how you can make them happy. You can, you can help me graffiti the living room come on come yeah. over here this is what we're yeah. going to do to to make your parents real proud and you've got the neighbor kids in there and they're providing <laughs> concrete examples and instruction of how to live and exactly. the kids are like okay like if so- somebody do that. a plan for me let's do that it sounds good like that sounds fun that I mean, sounds fun this, yeah. the appeal right the appeal is pretty basic like oh this pleases my instincts yeah. you know so it doesn't must this be feel right. good doesn't this yeah feel it feels good? Yeah, feels great. So let's yeah. do it. It's like that is that's essential. That's everything. That's everything. I mean, like you know, that's our that's the base. That's the basis of of uh, of sin of the flesh of yeah. the appeal to turn the stone into bread. You know, like it, if it feels good, do it. And um, and we wonder, but we you know we shouldn't any any believer who's just like oh, woe is me. What is the world? How has it come to this? It's like, like you said, I mean, I think we can see pretty quickly how it's come to this. And, and I, I too don't want to <laughs> keep all the blame on, on pastors as though it's like, it's only them. And, and we didn't have anything to do with it. Cause of course we do, but 
it, it's like, I mean, hello, the front door was left open. You let the the crazy neighbor kids who are, you know, psychopaths come in and indoctrinate children. <laughs> and Instead you're of guarding, right. as I said, the, the, the role of a shepherd is to guard and feed, guard mm-hmm. and feed. So you guard the sheep and feed them at the same time. And, and, and if the wolves come in and start eating the sheep and the sheep go crazy and scatter and are malnourished, that's on you. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, then, and if you don't want to guard and feed, get a new job. Listen, there's plenty of jobs out there. I mean, the workforce. Maybe, maybe fewer now, though, with Biden. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe fewer with Biden. I mean, apparently we lost 70,000 Don't go into oil. Don't go into oil. Don't go into oil. Yeah, exactly. The pipeline's gone. But it's like. It's, it's like, you know, if, if I, I don't mind, like, that's fine. Like if I didn't like what I was doing, I would find a new thing to do that I really like doing. If you don't feel called to ministry and you're like, you know, I'm just not a pastor. I think I'm, I think I'm a CEO type, you know, yeah. I really like to read books about being a CEO when I'm on the beach, you know, my, my, my reading material isn't, you know, like it's not like theology and mm-hmm. like how to deepen my understanding of my own understanding as a leader of scripture right. and the it's Bible. It's how to win and friends doctrine. and influence people. It's how to win. For, it's Jesus CEO. Like, yeah. Okay. Well then go start a company, bro. Like yeah. nobody's begging you to be a pastor. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, you'll probably make more money actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, <laughs> if, if that's what you want to do, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's don't turn the church into corporate America. Don't turn the church into Starbucks. Don't turn the church into something that it's never supposed to be. And it's, it's like an, it's like an abomination almost. It's a sacrilegious joke. Um, I just, I just think that again, I, you know, look, we live in a culture that a Christian evangelical culture that talks about leadership all the time, leader, 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 right? Like you're the leader. We're the leader. He's the leader. We're the leader. It's like a big leader musical, you know, it's like <laughs> leader, leader, here, leader, there. Just it's like, shout okay, leader great. and somebody will do something that they should. <laughs> exactly. It's like leadership show tunes or something. And, and that's great. But the first point of about, of a leader is that he takes responsibility you're not a leader if you don't take responsibility. You're not. You're not a, a. You're not a good leader if you don't take responsibility. And so, you know, I'm just calling leaders to take responsibility for their actions. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, fine, if you want to talk about leadership all the time, that's great. Well, be a responsible person. That's you know, that's a that's the number one right. quality, in my and, opinion, of of a leader. Yeah. And and then and then number two, be wise be wise. Wisdom is justified by her children. Make decisions that aren't based on what works, but what ought to work. That'll decisions that are going to serve you in the future. So, so that you don't have, so that you haven't turned your church into a nursery, but you've turned your church into an armory. You, it's not like you're, you know, babies don't want battles. Babies want bottles. It's, 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 and and what we've done is we've, we've, we've created these massive, wonderful churches that are full of babies. Mm -hmm that nobody knows what's going on. Babies don't know what's going on. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, I can't get, I have to share this ridiculous analogy. You're going to laugh, but as you were (laughs) describing, you know, we don't want a nursery. Well, I do actually have a 15 month old who, you know, as you're describing, you know, the job is to feed and to guard. Well, when, when you, okay, no, what you just said that prompted this thought was, um, 
don't do what works, do what ought to work. So anyone who has like a toddler, like a 15 to 18 month old knows that they don't really want to eat what they should eat. You know, the healthy things, they don't really necessarily just, they're not born liking fruit, you know, right, some right. of them are, they're definitely not born liking vegetables, but babies just <laughs> like what tastes good, you know, Interesting. bread, cheese, yogurt, you know, dairy, starches. Like that's what my child wants. Cheetos. She just wants, yes, Cheetos. She would eat Cheetos. My baby wants bread and dairy. Cheeto baby. Yeah, she is a Cheeto baby. She wants bread and dairy, bread and dairy. So if she's throwing a fit, if she's fussy, if she's hungry, I know she's hungry. She's not going to eat the the healthy option or the thing I want her to eat, the strawberry, the blueberry. She's going to shove her thumb in it and scream for a cheese stick. You know, that's what she wants. She wants a cheese stick. And so I have fallen into this bad pattern of just giving her the dang cheese stick. Cause I'm like, stop screaming at me. Fine. Here, be fed. Stop being hungry. I, you're hangry and you're not going to be able to think straight until you get some food. So I, I give her the, fee, uh, the cheese stick and now I've created a pattern where when she's hungry, she knows that if she throws a fit, I'll give her the cheese stick. And so wow. now I've got a problem on my hands where it's like, I need to, you know, I need to actually, I'm going to have to work a lot harder now to undo this addiction to the cheese stick every day after she wakes up because I, I have done what worked, not what ought to work, you know, wow. and so it's exactly like you're saying, it's just the same. We, you know, anyone who's a parent who's tried to feed a kid knows that you run into this, this, you, you create a monster really that is now out of your control. And you've created a monster that expects the cheese, needs the cheese, wants the cheese. It has no reason not to want the cheese because that's amazing. You've been feeding them the cheese every day. What do you think they're going to want? They want what they, what they eat They're you know, they crave what they consume. And so it's your fault. It's, it's honestly my fault. I can't blame her. Of course, she's going to like the cheese. You know, I can't, right. It's my fault. Well, and that's, it's so true. And in, in a church analogy, people as children like garbage, they like, like that's no, they like it. They like total garbage. Like they love McDonald's. People even love McDonald's. You know, kids love McDonald's. Who doesn't love love McDonald's fries? Tell me one person who doesn't. I mean, I love them. I love them. I love them. Like when I fast, I think of McDonald's fries. I'm just like, <laughs> like the devil's just holding those, fr- like the, the swirling in my mind, just yeah. going around and around and around. Like, oh, yeah. so it's interesting though, because people, if, you know, if, if, if children could eat, you know, and even kids, if they could eat anything they wanted to, they would eat Captain Crunch and, and chicken fingers and donuts and, <laughs> donuts and pizza their whole life. And it's just like, it's like, dude, you're going to get colon cancer eventually. And our, and, and when we come to church and people and the pastor's like, yeah, that sermon went, that sermon went off, didn't it? Yeah, it did because it was chicken fingers and Captain Crunch and donuts and pizza. And it's yeah. like, and your people are going to end up getting spiritual colon cancer mm-hmm. <laughs> because yes. their, their faith that, you know, they get into a crisis moment in their life something doesn't go the way they want. Mm -hmm. God's trying to help them to mortify their flesh. Mm -hmm. And they think the enemy's attacking them and they think that God, and then they, and then they go from that to thinking God doesn't exist because this bad thing happened to me when it's like, no, God's actually just trying to mature you and put you through a wilderness, but you're so weak and anemic. You can't handle five seconds without a breathing machine in in the, in the spirit. And so you got to hook up to you to all these programs to get, you know, to get you alive, you're living on services instead of living on the savior, instead of actually having 
the life of Christ in you daily, you have to get, you know, the, the podcast from Haley. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. No, but no, no. I'm, I, I'm so <laughs> glad you're saying this because it's exactly right. And because I mean, frankly, sadly, I say all the time on Instagram, I really encourage people, you know, please don't ever let a podcast or turning to Instagram or turning to an app replace your local church. I am not a replacement for your pastor. This community on Instagram is not a replacement for a small group or a local community. Like I say that all the time, but I nonetheless always get people who say, you know, but I don't, I don't have a church near me who is preaching the truth. Like what you are saying on Instagram or what you say on your podcast, even though I'm not a pastor or preacher, I have no no degrees in that field. And I'm literally two to three years into to learning at the level that I am now learning. I would say I'm, I'm still on the, the low end of maturity that people say like my, I don't have churches that will, will speak the truth or will, will actually stand up to culture or will speak to the practical issues that are, you know, the political issues that we're facing. I can't find that. I don't, it doesn't exist where I am. And, and I don't know if that's always the case, but it's, it's so true because of what you're saying. It, it People are, um, you know, pastors do what works um, because they are, they want to grow and they don't want to offend half their population by saying, you know, what my pastor did. Um, I don't know how you can be a Christian and vote for policies like abortion. I don't know how you can be a Christian and vote for policies that are clearly unbiblical that, you know, um, say that uh, same-sex unions should be legalized. I mean, or, or should be okay. Like he said those things and I'm sure people got offended. I'm sure people left the church, but the ones who are the true body of Christ who were like, thank you, Jesus, that someone is speaking truth to this were one. I wanted to stand up and cheer because it was so countercultural. It was so not what most pastors do that. It was just like, it just fired me up. It got me go. I was like, I want now I want to go up and I'm, I'm emboldened to speak the truth, even in the face of a culture you know, yeah, you can't, we can't allow, listen, I, I like being liked. I love yeah. being liked. I would love, you know, I remember in high school, like you're, you walk into the lunchroom and you're like, dang, that's the, that's the cool kid table. And I really yeah. want to be there. You know, it's like, I, I would love to be prom King. You know, it's like all these things you, you want to be liked. You want to be, so the, these, these, I, these, um, whenever someone is, is rejected, whenever someone, whenever, whenever a pastor, you know, experiences rejection and people walk away from his church, there is a hurt there. There is that Monday morning. Oh, you know, man, that's, you know, a lot, this family got offended at what I preached, you know, it's like, this sucks, you know, yeah. they're our biggest giver, you know, or whatever, yeah. but it's like, these things go into your brain, but honestly, it takes courage. It takes it, it does. And sometimes it takes heroic courage to yeah. stand up and be a Daniel. We talk about this in youth group, be a Daniel, defy culture, defy mm-hmm. the, 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 the idols, stand mm-hmm. up against the idol that they want you to bow down and worship. And, and, and our pastors themselves are struggling to be Daniels in their own church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how can, let me, say, let me say this. How can you, how can you expect people to be Daniels in the culture if you can't even be a Daniel in your own church? Mm-hmm. Right. Come and, on. And like, if you, you're, you're yeah. discipling. That's what I'm saying. 
Right. Pastors are discipling people. The reason why people vote the way they do is because the pastors vote that way. Exactly. Exactly. The reason, right. the reason why people don't yep. care about abortion is because the pastors don't care about abortion. Exactly. The people, people are justified if, because they're like, well, hey, I mean, my pastor's on Twitter, like my ex-pastor is, saying, I'm so grateful that my little girl has a vice president in Kamala Harris to look up to now. And she was watching the inauguration with me saying, I want to be like her someday. And they're <laughs> lauding and applaud. They're lauding and applauding it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I can't even begin to. I can't wait for my little daughter to light the world on fire, you know. I, <laughs> I I just that's that I can't wait for my little daughter to persecute people who 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 want to protect the unborn. Right. Like that's essentially what you're saying. But that is that that is there. It's Christian celebrity idolatry, really. And even even beyond that, it's it's worse. It's actually just secular worldly idolatry. Because it has, there's nothing reflected of biblical truth or of glorifying God in someone like Kamala Harris. And yet, why then do we have pastors tweeting how great and how glad they are? Or even social justice woke Christians who are ministry leaders or whatever, some of the names I'm sure you've seen on Twitter this week, bashing other Christians because they don't buy the woke narrative, you know? And it's just like, why? I don't, I'll be honest with you, Haley. I don't really follow a lot of people on on Instagram. I, I personally think that it's just a cesspool. And I'm only on there so that I can, that I can, you know, promote Theos U because I think, you know, it's just like, there's so much that I, I, I actually, when I read people's stories, I get, I actually get like, I'm just like, I can't believe all I want to do is, is respond and say, this is garbage, but I, I, I actually believe that we should try to be as polite as possible. So, and I don't like personally excuse me i don't like trolling people's accounts no so if i see i don't do that if either I, if, if i see if i see somebody i disagree with like i know i know sometimes it's popular within the reformed guy mm-hmm. movement to like troll and be like this guy's preaching heresy you know know your heretics know your mm-hmm. heretics and i've seen accounts that do that they're like actually like put you know people's faces on the thing this guy's a heretic i'm like okay well how about you know like in maybe we maybe that's not actually the approach is to name names in that way maybe it's better to just name the heresy i i personally like heresy hunting more than i like heretic hunting mm-hmm. because i just think it's uncharitable to yeah, like i can see that to like to like say to drag a person's mm-hmm. per, a person through the mud i i just you know I, I, mm-hmm. unless i have authority over that person like they're under me you mm-hmm. know uh, in authority or even maybe appear in authority. I, I, I just don't, I don't think I have a right to yeah. do so, but I, I do think we should talk about heresy mm-hmm. loud and proud, get it, get, talk about the issues, deal with the issues, talk about woke theology, the aspects of it, make, get people to, to, to handle the real, the, the real money so that they can detect the counterfeit. Yeah. Um, getting, I, I do want to ask you a couple more questions cause we're, we're yeah. up on time here, but, um, you know, one of the things I mean, and I don't even know if I prefaced this whole conversation, but you did share about how you're anti-abortion on your, um, on your Instagram stories. I think I said that. Yeah. And you had a few things, but you've covered a lot of it. Um, you know, why I'm anti-abortion, um, because I'm, I'm anti-euphemism. Um, that was a, a great point I think you made. And you said, I'm, I'm pro-capital punishment, pro-just war, pro-family. Um, but can you just kind of 
can you kind of quickly summarize, you know, what did you mean by, by some of those things and, and why is that yeah. relevant? I think we talked about capital punishment uh-huh. and, and I, but I don't know if we talked about I can, I can briefly, yeah, I can briefly type. touch on them. Yeah. Just basic. So the five points, the main five points were, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm not pro-life because I'm anti-abortion. And I kind of used this, this analogy of, you know, a woman trapped in the in the mouth of a crocodile, you know, the, the, the immediate reaction isn't, isn't thinking about all the extrinsic things that are pertinent to her, you know, like, you know, well, if I rescue her, her dress might get ripped and she'd be naked. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. That might happen. You know, you might see some stuff, but you know, her life will be saved, you know, instead of thinking about her dress being ripped or she, we might not be able to take her to a hospital because there might not be a hospital nearby. So let the crocodile eat her. No, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, do your best to bandage her wounds. You know, it's like the, the idea is that you, and then, you know, and then kind of when you realize that there's more to the context of, of just a simple crocodile, there's actually a, a, a nefarious sinister plot here. Mm-hmm. Um, satanic, satanic plot actually to destroy the lives of the unborn. You then, it's even more of a motivation to be anti uh, crocodile, you know. Right. And so right. I, I look at abortion as this this systemic leviathan, this systemic mm-hmm. uh, monster that needs to be destroyed. And so it's so I'm anti-abortion and then anti-euphemism in the sense of that I I think pro-life. The term pro-life is a euphemism. Instead of, you know, the, the, it's clear that the opposition is pro-abortion. Mm-hmm. So, so to, be, to be clear in our terms and counter in our terms, we, would, we should logically say we are anti-abortion. If they're pro-abortion, <laughs> the logical position, they're not pro-death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not yeah. pro-death. They wouldn't right. say, yeah, we're pro-death. And, because they'll even say, no, we believe in, in helping, you know, immigrants. That's wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We believe in helping, you know, people and assisting them in healthcare. That's wonderful. So they're not, they would never say that they're pro-death. Why are we saying we're pro-life? We're just shifting. Yes. We're playing the same shell game. When they say they're pro-choice, we're, we're actually playing the same shell game that they are. They're clearly pro-abortion and we should be clearly anti-abortion. Yes. So anti-euphemism. And then um, I'm, I'm, I'm anti um, or I'm pro uh, capital punishment. And I believe that in capital, as I said, capital crimes deserve capital punishments. And I, and then I'm also pro just war. So I believe that we're allowed to kill not only individuals in, in, in a, in a proper legitimate, uh, sense lawfully, but also I believe we're allowed to defend and kill in, in the, the, the name of defense, Um, and I believe abortion is defending the life or to be anti-abortion is to defend the life of the, 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 the preborn child, a child that's already been born in, in the sense of already been conceived. And all that it needs is time and nourishment to continue to grow. Just like, just like being outside of the womb, all that it needs is that those, those basic things that everybody needs. Um, I believe to be anti-abortion is to be defensive. Uh, it's a war of defense. Mm-hmm. And then I, lastly, I believe uh, I'm pro-family. I believe that it's not just being pro-birth. I'm pro-family. The point of all of this is that the fun, the, the family is the foundation 
of all institutions. The family, without the family, you have no society. Without the family, there is no great big society at all because society uh, uh, writ large is actually a collection of families writ small. And in that sense, you, you, the, if we don't defend the family and if yeah. we don't become aggressive with, with being pro-family, explicitly so, so that all of our policies within the state reflect that, not just simply individual rights, but family rights, not just group rights, but family rights, because the family is a collection of individuals. It is a group of particular people. Um, and, and, but the family, in that sense, we know from the very fact that God himself is a family, the Trinity is a family, and Jesus was born into a family, mm -hmm. uh, father, mother, and child. We know that this is the ideal. This is what God has created for us, yeah. and this is how we are to live. And, and so to, to, to be a, a pro, uh, uh, you know, to be pro-life is, isn't really to be pro-family necessarily. Yeah. And it's and it so it, it, it does play into that. And then the the point of birth is family. Um, and then I would I would add the sixth reason, which I didn't even get into. But the, mm -hmm. the sixth reason is the fact that I'm tired of the politicking. I'm yeah. tired of 50 years of 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 politicking, of of turning the whole movement into a, a racket of, of trying to to profiteer off this movement. And and there are whole swaths of the movement that are just that are just like there are whole channels that have been created you know ad nauseum and apparently forever as yeah. pro life organs and i'm like no like william wilberforce didn't create all of these you know pr these organs that that never went out of business because they were making money all the time on the issue mm -hmm. there's a there's a, actually a money there's a motivation for people in terms of making money to stay, to keep abortion legal. Yeah. Even the, on the conservative side as well. And yeah. If we make abortion illegal, they're out of a job. Exactly. And because it's they, sick. Yeah. It's, it's gross. Really and so, th so that's, that, anyways, that's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate how you laid that all out. And I think that it is, uh, it gives people something to think about. And I think something to consider, shifting their approach, shifting our approach. I mean, for anyone who would have kind of said, you know, I am pro-life that I do believe in this cause to question how we're talking about it and how, I mean, even just at an individual level, someone might be listening and be like, okay, cool. You don't like pro-life. What am I supposed to do differently? Say the truth, like say you're anti-abortion and say why and, and use, Simplify. you know, right. Cut use the, the things you fat. said. Yes. yes. Get lean, mm -hmm. get, you know, it's, it's, it's just simplify your life get get rid of all the clutter you know it's like oh really like yeah yeah just clean it all out clean your garage uh, the pro-life movement is this is this like is this is this you know uh uh this garage of things that have been collected mm -hmm. what do they call people like that that have like hoarders. a collection a hoarder it's like yeah. we've become hoarders Mm -hmm. And it's gross. And we need to get into the garage and get our hands dirty and start clearing all this junk out and saying, no, 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 this garage is for my car. That's yeah. what it's for. Or, you know, this garage is for this purpose. Yeah. And it's, it's got a, it's, it's, it's not functional. Our movement mm -hmm. is not functional. We need to reorder, rebrand, get people focused again, concentrated, mm -hmm. 
and make it a deliberate effort to end this issue. Deal with all the secondary and tertiary and whatever issues after that has been dealt with, but yeah. deal with the primary target. Don't, don't lose focus. Don't lose focus on, on the target, the, the right. crocodile. Deal with that crocodile. Get that issue solved. Right. And I think it, I, I'm probably going to butcher this quote, but there is a quote that's somewhere like, I, I don't know who said it. Um, you know, if the enemy can't, uh, you know, can't tempt you or deter you, he will just make you ineffective. And that's what's happened is it's not like he's changed our minds. It's not like uh, everyone who is pro-life is like, now I've been sold. And now I believe abortion is good for humanity. It's just that we've become so incredibly ineffective because I think of a lot of the bloat that you're talking about because of the politicking, because of the partisan politics, which have have bought us hook line and sinker and told us that if you vote for me i will champion this cause and then it it just so happens you know even trump and i i voted for him but i'll be critical of him that he waited what four years into his presidency to actually start doing anything meaningful i i feel like on the pro-life side i mean maybe i'm being unfair but it just felt like I was like, when he was doing stuff near the end, I was like, wait, why are you just now doing those? I'm confused. You know, mm. almost like it had been like, it's not held just like Trump. a carrot. It's, it's, not, it's just not just Trump. Him. I know. It's, it's every president, yeah. every conservative president before him. Yeah. George W. Bush had eight years. Right. Eight Did he years. do anything at all? He appointed, he appointed a, a Supreme Court justice who's probably one of the worst wow. in the last 40 years. Justice John Roberts. Yes. The guy is a mess. The guy is, he's essentially voted with, with the, with the woke liberal leftism side, every single opportunity he's had. The guy, John Roberts was appointed by George W. Bush. So it's like, George W. Bush is like the biggest fan of Biden now, you know? So yeah, they're all buddies. True colors. (laughs) It's it's such a, it's such a sham. Yeah. It's such a sham. So it's, it's, I'm done with it. I, I just don't think you know, I, I, I would even, yeah. I mean, I just, I just think that we need to be very, we need to become clearer and clearer on the issues that matter. And we need to get rid of the clutter and just, and really the distraction, what you're talking about, you know, if the, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, you know, or he'll make you, he'll, if he, if he can't make you depraved, he'll make you distracted. You know, it's, it's, it's that whole thing of like, He'll distract your focus. He'll take your eyes off of something that matters mm-hmm. and put it onto something that doesn't right. and, and then preoccupy your time. And you're, you're just, you're just, you're just, you know, these are sins of omission and, yeah. and, and then you become useless. Yeah. So we need to make, we, we need to refocus, rebrand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've yes. rebranded. I've yes. totally re-branded. You're rebranded. You're going to lead totally the campaign. Re-branded. Huh? Okay. You're going to lead the a- campaign on that. I'm on a war path. I mean, whoever wants to join can join. I'm just, when people tell me again, when people say you're, aren't you pro-life? I say, no, I'm not. And they're like, what? Their, their brain goes into some sort of like yeah, freak out shock. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 they, they, they triggered, you know? Yeah. And, and then I'm, they're like, well, you're not pro-life. Well, well what, what are you then? I'm anti-abortion. That's mm-hmm. what I am. it's like oh i never oh i never thought uh, i never thought about it's like exactly you didn't but it's like we're back and we're we're back and we're better than ever we are abolitionists Mm -hmm. that's what we are we're here to kick butt and take names we're not here 
we're, we're, we're not here to waste time and yeah. to, and to, you know, go off the reservation on all these other issues that are, that are really inconsequential to the main problem. Right. And that, exactly. that are not even close to the moral equivalent. Exactly. So, so no, we need to, we need to be strategic. The Bible clearly tells us that we need to, we cannot be, um, we, we have to be aware of the devil's schemes. The devil, he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But it's, we have to understand that the devil is smart. The devil strategizes and he, he, he sees us. He watches us. He sees what can get us distracted. Demons watch us. I mean, look at the screw tape letters. I know. I was about to say that. Yeah. The screw tape letters, I mean, they are the most practical book on demonology that you can find. Mm-hmm. And what you find in that is that demons are pragmatic. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Dante, Dante, who wrote the Divine Comedy, in his, in his Inferno, his part on hell, he, he notes that the demons can't philosophize. And the truth is, is that it's, it, the demons aren't able to reason, but they are able to see what you do instinctively kind of in an animalistic sense and get and see what works yeah so they can't tie it all the pieces together they can't tie it all together in a philosophical sense and 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 think in the abstract but they can they can see oh this is his weak point this will get him distracted this will get him this will get him off course right like a lion or a tiger with its prey it knows how to distract them or create a diversion to you know sneak attack exactly and that's the demonic you know we 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 look at the demonic as like oh the boogeyman you know and sometimes it is but most of the time it's just it's just trying the demons are just trying to get you distracted they're just trying to mess up your day they're just trying to, you know, give you that that fake emergency call just before you go to church so that mm-hmm. you don't go. Yeah. They're trying to, you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. trying they're just trying to get in the way of your prayer life. They're just trying mm-hmm. to, you know, make you stay up late before a podcast so that you're tired when you're doing it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would I I wouldn't have known. I mean, you're you're pretty sharp. You're pretty with it today. So I think I'm afraid of what you would have been like if you hadn't been tired. Then oh, I might have dang. been like, I can't I, control I, him. I was up a little late last night and it's all good. I'm a night owl as we, as I said to you earlier, but. You can um, take a nap later. (laughs) God, no, I'm going to, I got to power through. If you take a nap, then you're, you're done. The day is shot. Then you turn, would you turn into a vampire? I I go vampire time. Yeah. So, um, well, man, I've taken so much of your time already. Um, I, I do want, I have one final question. This is something I forgot to ask you earlier. Yeah. Um, the, the, you've probably heard this and I've heard this from several friends and it's really, um, been problematic. I think for me, um, I am personally pro-life, but not politically pro-life. Have you heard okay. this from people? Yeah. Yeah. Well, politicians I'm, I'm personally love this pro-life, right? Yeah. I mean, even, personally even opposed. Biden would say that. Yes. But Joe not politically. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. think I'm, other people should be able to have abortions. I wouldn't have mm. an abortion if you're asking how I feel. I wouldn't have yeah. one, but I think yeah. anyone should have access at any time to have one. Right. So, yeah. and, and obviously I think this is just a, a, maybe a symptom of, again, the poor pastoring, the poor understanding of our role as salt and light in the world, um, you know, viewing it that, that as though what God really cares about is just what you would do, not how you would live in the world or not what kind of society you would create. It's just about you, 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 and your personal ethic. You know, I mean, it's, it's honestly kind of revealing about self-obsession too. Yeah. Haley, Haley, 
I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to be a mean person. I want to be liked. I want to be likable. Okay. But, <laughs> but this might upset some people. It's a cop out. Oh, of course. It's an excuse. It's, it, it's, it's unreason. It's, it's an emotional, yeah. it's an emotional sent, uh, uh, answer that makes them feel good about being personally opposed without actually having to put, you know, put, put, um, put themselves on the line and actually put, put their reputation on the line, maybe put some, maybe, maybe put something on their Instagram that would get people to unfollow them. Oh, God forbid. Right. You, God forbid you say something that might, that might trigger someone in the wrong way. It's, it's a, it's a cop out from actually engaging in the battle. Exactly. And, and from being, uh, uh, you know, putting skin in the game. Yeah. The truth is, is that we come up with all of these excuses. And it's interesting because think about, think about it this way. You would never put the word racism in there, would you? Like, it's, it's funny, like when, you, or, you know, or sex trafficking or yeah. something that, something that's yeah. a popular agenda. Right. You'd never say personally opposed. Hey guys, I'm personally opposed to racism, but I just don't think that we should target it in the law. I mean, yeah. if, 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 you know, if like, if, if people want to be racist, let them if be people, racist. If, if people want Jim Crow laws, yeah. you know, where, where, right. where black people have to, you know, use a separate bathroom and that's the law. I'm fine mm. with that because yeah. I'm now, listen, I'm personally opposed right. to Jim Crow. You'd never hear that. People no. would laugh you out. They would throw you out. They would right. cancel your butt. So it's like, mm-hmm. what happened to that? You know, I'm personally opposed to sex trafficking, but I just don't think, you know, I'm not going to be in it to end it. Not going to be in it to end it, guys. You know, it's like we all jump on the bandwagon when the bandwagon comes around. And and the truth is, is that, you know, at least they're at least they have the the at least they're outspoken on those issues. The issue is, is that it takes no courage to be outspoken on those issues. Any, as Chesterton says, any dead thing can go downstream. It takes a living thing to go upstream, to go against the current. And the truth is, is that abortion is never cool. It's, let me say this, it's never going to be cool to be, to be anti-abortion. No. If you're looking for a movement that's cool, where all the Hollywood celebrities are getting involved. This isn't it. No. <laughs> Keep looking. Keep looking. This is, I mean, it's like, it's not going to be cool because this goes against their hedonistic lifestyle, yeah. you know, because abortion is tied to promiscuity. Abortion is the, the essentially the back door to um, having sex anytime you want with whoever mm-hmm. you want you know, these, these mistakes, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's directly tied to the sexual revolution. It's the sacrament of the sexual revolution. Mm -hmm. And so that's a massive issue that we could get into Mm -hmm. elsewhere. But the point is simply that, no, it's, it's simply a cop out because you would never say that about any other issue other than abortion. You would never say personally opposed, but politically, no, the truth is, is that it, that our laws are, 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 are supposed to be grounded in morality. Right. They're supposed to be grounded in ethics. And if they're not grounded in, in justice ethics, then they're unjust. St. Augustine said an unjust law is no law at all. And, the, and so a lo- all law 
is supposed to be grounded in the natural law, which is, which is grounded in the eternal law. And that, <clears throat> that is the basis of law. If your law, people are like, you can't legislate morality. Well, then why are you trying to legislate morality with anti-racism? That's all laws are, is legislating morality. Well, if exactly. And if your laws aren't legislating morality, then they're legislating immorality. Right. <laughs> it's, like, right. it's like the whole, it's like, it's, it, it, it there's, there's no, there's no medium. Yeah. There's no middle ground here on this issue. It's, and people are like, well, that's just black and white. Well, no, it's right. It's wrong and right. It's, it's light, it's light and darkness. You're either mm-hmm. seeing the nature of law because again, turn it on them. Look at, look at what, like, it's so easy to, to, to one of the biggest things in, um, in argumentation in these days is intellectual dishonesty and hypocrisy, mm-hmm. like, like where people contradict themselves and they don't even realize it. And that's what I kind of just did. I showed you how easy it is to show people how yeah. they contradict themselves. Right. When you turn it, when you turn it on them and right. use this and you give them the same pie that they dish out, they don't like it. Yeah. They're and like, this Oh is... no, that's gross. Well, you gave it to me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and this is, this is the benefit. I just want to say like, isn't it how, how fun is it to be on the side of truth? It's yes. so fun yes. to actually know that look, look, even if I can't find like a, a fast comeback in the moment, I will be able to, to think about whatever you've said that is, you know, maybe going to give me a run for my money trying to say, well, you know, like some of these friends have said to me, I'm personally pro-life, but I don't know about politically, you know, even if I don't, don't have that comeback in the moment, I'm, I'm going to be able to find an inconsistency at some point down the road from this argument. And I will be able to draw back and go, look, here's where it breaks down. Here's where it doesn't work in real life. Here's where you've been inconsistent because the only consistent position to have is the true one. There is no other position you can take that will actually I, be consistent all the way through. You will find I agree. either inconsistent with human nature, inconsistent with something else they've said, inconsistent yes. with reality. It will yes. break down. It always, it has to. And this is like the coolest thing about how God designed everything to work, including his moral law, including the universe, including us, is that it all points to him and his answers mm. he's given us. Yes. When you try and find another way through, it, uh, it breaks down the the bridge collapses and you cannot yes. get across the the river you know and so it's a yes. beautiful reality that we actually can always um we can always fall back on look even if i'm not sure you know exactly what to say i i know that your position can't be it can't be consistent all the way through and there's going to be a way for me to find the tear in the fabric you know um or, or the thread that is loose that will actually if, cause the whole thing to unravel. Yeah. If we are on the side of God, if we yes. are on the side of truth, then yes, there is a moral order and there is a consistency and a, a logic in the universe to the point where, you know, jo- John in John chapter one, verse one calls Jesus the logos. That word means logic. He is the, Jesus is the logos he is the reason of the universe. And again, John is using Greek language. John is Jewish and he's writing in Greek using a Greek word logos, which would trigger the Gentiles and be like the logos. This is what the philosophers were talking about. Mm-hmm. This is like this, this idea that Jesus is reason, you know, Jesus gives us reason for everything meaning and purpose these are words connected to reason Mm -hmm. and so god is reasonable 
God is not irrational. And that's, that's another point is God's mystical. God's mystical in the, in the sense that we can't fully comprehend him and we never will be able to fully comprehend right. him. But, but he, he, but even in his mystery, he has allowed us to understand the limits of it and therefore call it a mystery and define it as a mystery. Mm-hmm. So we can actually define the areas that are definable as mystery and the borderlines themselves, which is a function of reason. God made us in his image and his image is reason. We have a reasonable, we have a rational soul. That's the distinction between us and animals. They have a sense, sensitive soul. They, they're sensory. We are rational. We can think and, and understand in our, in our minds. And that's why Paul says, be transformed in, by the renewing of your emotion. No. Mm-hmm. By the renewing of your, you know, mind, yeah. of your mind, think about these things, what, whatsoever things are, per, are, are true, praiseworthy, think on these things. And so that's, that's the mm-hmm. whole point is that, yeah, we are on the side of truth and we're not just trying to be smart. We're not right. just trying to right. be witty. We're not just, we're not even just trying to be right. We're trying to be truthful. We're trying to be, you know, I would say righteous, Yes. We're trying to be righteous and we find our righteousness in Christ, but we're trying to be truthful. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth mm-hmm. and the life. And so, yes, we, it is wonderful to rest in the fact that God has the answers and that God, as we grow closer to him and are continually open to the truth, he gives us the truth and sets us free. And it's, it is liberating and wonderful to rest in that. Yeah, it is beautiful, man. Well, thank you so much, Gabriel. It's been so fun to talk with you. And like I told you before I started recording, I have, I know I have some followers and listeners here who are going to be just so delighted that they got to hear <laughs> you because you are by their quote. I'm not, I'm not even making this up. They said he is my favorite person. So <laughs> I don't know if you, I mean, I don't think they've even I, met you. They I, just, they love you. Yeah, I probably I doubt that that's going to be the case after this podcast. Once they've no, seen the real, once they've seen the real Gabriel Finocchio go off, I'm sure well, they they're, they're just like they're this gonna, guy's too much. Yeah, they're gonna love it, and uh, <laughs> and I know that you know they they've asked me. They were like, "This is a great topic," but I want you guys to talk about the gifts because I do fall on the reformed side of things, and yet okay. they are uh, you know I, I have followers who who are not and who love um love your theos you i've been sent people's logins evil even been like please go watch this please go watch this and i'm like okay okay <laughs> so i literally That's so funny yeah they're like you gotta watch this but i i, I think it would be super interesting to do that another time that would be um, wonderful and yeah love to have you back sometime so yeah we have i mean we have reformed faculty mm-hmm. um and we dr david campbell um, he is, he is our, our Yoda, our resident Yoda. And he is, <laughs> he is reformed and he's mm-hmm. a church planter from a reformed movement in England mm-hmm. and a wonderful, kind, amazing guy, mm-hmm. a godly man of God, brilliant thinker. Yeah. And we love That's him. Awesome. And so we, we believe that we believe that Orthodox conservative theology, yeah. traditional historic theology is big tent. We, yes, we believe, yes. we believe Orthodox theology should be big tent. Right. Um, and it's, and it's, we, we agree on way, way, way more than we disagree on. So I exactly. think it's, it's, it's great to be able to recognize that. I mean, for, I think it's the, the, maybe the younger Christian or the baby Christian who's like, who do I need? Like you were saying, like, you know, who do I need to be on guard against? Oh, you, you're bad. Okay. I don't like you. Instead of just yeah. being like, no, that's not 
so there's there's issues that we we can't have absolute confidence on and where there's freedom in in christ to disagree we can disagree but on the big issues like you mentioned the orthodox christian you know historic christian faith yeah. we come to we come to the same place we come to the same conclusion and and i think yes. that's that's really cool that's exactly the truth and i believe that's what cs lewis was writing about in mere christianity and i think that if we're going to find unity in the body of christ it's going to be in it's going to be uh uh centripetal it's, it's going to be towards the center it's yeah. not going to be centrifugal it's not going to be towards the edges and the peripheries right you know that that's all those ecumenical movements are are tantamount to tying the tops of trees together and calling them one tree no it's it's we're if we, you know we might ha- there might be different branches on our tree um, and that's, that's the Lord's thing. And he, that's on God, but we are rooted in Christ. We are rooted in the gospel. We believe the same fundamentals and essentials of faith. And we can talk about other things and maybe come into a fuller understanding as we move towards this, the, the, the roots and, and understand our roots and connect to our roots that's the ecumenical movement I want to be a part of. I don't want to be a part of an ecumenical movement that ties the tops of trees together that tries to find, you know, it's like, it's like, no, we are the world, you know, no, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. You are the world and you need to get saved. We are the church. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We, uh, we love LGBTQ. What? Shut it off, shut it off. Abortion too. What? <laughs> we um, sacrifice babies. <laughs> the church of Satan. We're pro oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> We're pro life. No. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. We got a. Oh man. Do you do you know any re- uh, recording artists? Because I think we have a winner. We have a hit. We got. Yeah, we're gonna re-record <laughs> it. Somebody's gonna do a remix. For sure. Oh, I love It'll it. Well, viral. thank you so much. Where can people um, find you online and connect with you? As well yeah, as uh, yeah, you can you can go on. Uh, well, my, I'm really only on Instagram. Um, I deleted my Facebook, my fake book. Your and uh, yeah, <laughs> take that, Mark. Uh, take that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Karens on on Facebook are definitely missing me, but oh. um, the uh, I deleted that, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, Gabriel Finocchio uh, is my handle on Instagram, and that's about it. Okay. Yeah, that's where you and can Theos find me. And U, then, like you said, yeah, theosu.ca is is our um, is our website. And again, we have uh, an app in the App Store um, called Theosu. I believe it's supposed to be called Theosu. I just mm-hmm. uh, don't know that actually offhand, and I should. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm obviously the CEO type, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you need to read some more Jesus CEO books. I mean, Jesus. just saying. <laughs> my leadership skills are so lacking. It's yeah. just, it's gross. I'll send you so. some beach reads since you're just a little heavy on the theology side. I, <laughs> I, mean, I got to get into systems. I got to yeah. get into systems, you know? Just... <laughs> well, this has been so fun. Um, thank you again. And definitely have you back another time. Um, yeah, appreciate, appreciate all your time and your wisdom. Thanks for having me on Haley. Well, you guys, I got to be honest, I know that was a long conversation, but it didn't even end there. I turned off the mic, we kept talking, and then I turned it back on and recorded another 20 minutes, which that is going to be available exclusively over in my Patreon community. 
That is the space where I create bonus content every single week for Patreon supporters. It's $10 a month. You get a new episode every Friday in addition to the regular podcast that airs on Mondays. So if you want to hear the rest of our conversation where we talk about false teachers and how we should approach calling them out inside the Christian community, go check out Patreon. It's patreon.com slash kindled podcast. It's $10 a month. You'll get access to all of my Firestarters that have been published in the past, as well as all forthcoming Firestarters, including segments of, of interviews with my guests that will not make it onto the main podcast. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope that that conversation was encouraging and informational to you. And I hope that you are just um, set on fire to continue to speak the truth and not be afraid of the cultural pressures around you, not cower in fear at those who would rather you stay stay silent. One of my favorite verses is Revelation 12, 11, and this says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. That's what Gabe was talking about when he shared that he wasn't thinking about his life when he marched or wanted to march with the pro-life march. And I pray that I wouldn't be thinking about my life when I'm given the opportunity to speak truth rather than just conform to the lie or remain silent in the face of the lie, even if I don't believe it. I, I want to I want to be bold in how I share my faith, obviously speaking it with grace and love, but not shrinking back and loving my life more than I love the truth and more than I love representing that. Hope that was encouraging for you guys. All right, this was a long one. So uh, you will hear from me in a couple more weeks. I'll be back here with a new episode with Justin Haskins on The Great Reset. Until then, come find me on Instagram at hayleywilliams.kindled. Sign up for my email newsletter at kindledpodcast.com and leave us a rating and review if you haven't done that. All right, guys, have a great week.